Hello and welcome to Preparing Foster Youth for Adulting, the podcast designed to highlight strategies and resources that help youth in care transition to adulthood successfully. Our guests today are Amanda Simonetta, the Executive Director of the Felix Organization, Latasha Watts, the Founder and Executive Director of The Purple Project, and Trinity Bailey, the Director of the Music is Unity Foundation. These organizations have partnered together to put on an online conference for youth aging out of foster care that is going to be held starting December 10th this year. The conference is called the Level Up Conference. Welcome, Amanda, Trinity, and Latasha. Thank you so much for participating in our podcast series again. We did interview you all a year ago, almost exactly a year. It was November 28th of 2021 when we came together and talked about the Level Up Conference before. And I'm very excited to have you back to join us again and go at it from a different perspective, maybe a little more general conversation about foster care and then making that connection between the Level Up Conference and the issues faced by youth in foster care. But before we go down that road, I want to give each of you an opportunity to introduce yourselves again. And I'm going to first hand things over to Amanda. Thank you, Lynn. Hi, everyone. I'm Amanda Simonetta, the Executive Director of the Felix Organization. And we've been around for 16 years now. And our mission is to enrich the lives of children growing up in the foster care system. We do that through Camp Felix, which is our overnight camp designed specifically for kids in the foster care system. We actually have seven camp programs currently, and as well as Felix Forward, which is a whole array of year-round supports and programming, enrichment, and leadership opportunities for children in foster care. And I'm happy to be here. Thank you. All right. I guess I'll take it from there. Great. I'm Trinity Bailey. I am co-director of Music is Unity Foundation. I run that with my father, Philip Bailey. He is a singer of Earth, Wind & Fire. And we started in 2008. And we pretty much ticket or proceeds of Earth, Wind & Fire shows go to Music is Unity. And in return, we find organizations that are hands-on within the foster care community to donate funds for their programs. In addition to that, we also do a behind-the-scenes backstage sound check, is what it's called, where when Earth, Wind & Fire is on tour, we will take a couple of the youth to an Earth, Wind & Fire show and let them come to see the backstage area and all the different facets of careers that you can do within music production, just kind of to get them inspired for different opportunities that they can explore career-wise. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us. And Latasha? Yes, Lynn. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us on. Latasha, of course, Latasha Watts. And I'm executive director and founder of The Purple Project. And we assist youth that are in the foster care system and those who have transitioned out of foster care with maintaining stability. We also have a variety of programs from entrepreneurship to independent living, soft skills, hard skills. We have a career development program as well as our One Voice program, which assists and advocate for youth. And we started in 2009. So we're excited to work with Music is Unity and the Felix organization 
on this new journey of the Level Up Conference. So I'm excited and beyond. Wonderful. Well, thank you. It's fantastic to talk to three individuals who work with organizations that have been around a while, right? You have a lot of experience working with young people in foster care who's aging out of foster care. And I think it's great that we can tap into your expertise and have a conversation today about what it is that young people, older youth in foster care who are facing out, aging out of foster care, who have recently aged out, what are the issues that they are facing? And I think we can start the conversation just by identifying that. What are the biggest challenges for this population of young people in the country? And I think, Latasha, I'll toss that to you first. What do you think the biggest issues are? Where can we go with this conversation? Yeah, stability. Stability, once they've aged out, whether they're 18, 21, it just depends upon your state, there's not a lot of resources that are available to them once they reach that point of really being on their own. There are organizations and resources that assist, like our organizations here on the podcast, but there are so many youth that age out of foster care throughout the country that just don't have the resources, such as they face homelessness unemployment, lack of education. There's so many different just directions that that they really just face. And so what we would like to do is try to help them to not face the obstacles that they're facing, get them prepared ahead of time. That's kind of what we're doing here with the Level Up Conference, you know, really helping them to see different career paths, to understand what it is that they can accomplish by just utilizing the resources that we're showing them and and partnering with different agencies and organizations to bring their kids here to be able to, well, you know, we're virtual this year, but to be able to learn some skills. And I think that's really what's missing. You do have several programs, so I don't want to say there's nothing out here, but there are several programs. When kids get out here on their own, sometimes they haven't been able to put those into use in the real world. You know, the housing is still being paid for and they're still being guided in a way so they haven't really been out on their own. And forgive me, I'm trying to find the words to kind (laughs) of to say so anybody can jump in here at any time. But really to put it into practice is different than when you're in a controlled environment. And so when they get out here and they're not in a controlled environment, a lot of them fail, even though they've been given some of the tools to be successful, they just need a little bit more guidance to put it into practice. Yeah. Right. So yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, just thinking about my upbringing and even though my parents were really busy doing what they had to do, they were still there to kind of, you know, the things that the kids don't necessarily want to do, but you need that extra oomph (laughs) from. And so I think that like, With that being said, if you are living or dealing with the foster care community, like you get that for just a certain amount of time in whatever placement that you will be in. But then like once you age out, then what? Like you still need that encouragement. You still need those people pushing you and telling you that you can do it. And sometimes that's not necessarily there for them if they haven't made the necessary connections. So it's just really important. Yeah. And, Go ahead. And I was just going to jump in to say kind of exactly what you're both saying, Latasha and Trinity. And to when you think of maybe your own children who are 18, what 18-year-old is completely on their own without a safety net? Even with 
the strongest upbringing and all the supports and privileges, kids still need that safety net and they still need that support after age 18 or after 21. So kids that age out of the foster care. Hey, I have a (laughs) (laughs) 27-year-old. Yes, exactly. And so we're expecting so much more out of these young people than the typical young person who really has a safety net. And so many of these kids really don't. And so it is about giving them skills, practical skills that will help them, whether it's how to furnish a house, how to manage your finances, of course, career and educational supports. They really still need that so much, even if they are 18 or 21, they still need that support. And so it's up to all of us in this country as a society to provide that and to be that support system for them. Right. Because in essence, the country has taken on the responsibility of helping these young people succeed in a situation where they don't have a family, right? I want to say the country, the government, you know, what, however, the foster care system, it's not in necessarily the hands of a family member. Sometimes if they're lucky, there is an extended family member who can help out. But often they're just on their own and they've been relying on the government systems. And then all of a sudden those government systems are gone. And so in lieu of that, they have to be connected with nonprofits. And in areas where there aren't any nonprofits, they're really stuck. Yeah. Yep. yep. Absolutely. And it really goes into further down the line. So the kids are coming out at 18 or 21. And the fact that they didn't make the connection or be able to put some of the things in practice It goes further than 25. Some kids come back around and they're almost 30 and they're still struggling to fit into society. And that's where it's really sad because I feel as if it could have been avoided or prevented if we just came together to try to really change the outcomes before they leave and help. And like Amanda was saying, follow along give them the guidance that they need. And I agree. You look at the average kid around that age, what are most of them doing? They're either in school or they're working. Most of them are still at home, like you said, and they still have that connection to be able to, I mean, I have my, our kid, you know, away at college, you know, when break comes, guess what? They come home and they come in the you know, laundry bag full of clothes to be washed and things of that nature, you know, just the basic the need is there and the refrigerator is cleaned out during the holiday season, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. They don't get that. They don't have that connection. They're on their own. And so it's just really unfortunate. So, mm-hmm. and that's a problem a lot of people don't realize that there are young people who have aged out of foster care in college programs. They made it in, but they're sleeping in a car. Yep over break or crashing at a friend's house on a couch that they don't have a place to stay of their own or in the care of somebody who's there for them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many areas where, unfortunately, young people aging out of foster care face particularly difficult struggles. Education and acquiring education is one of them. The statistics I've heard over and over again is that an average of only 3% of foster youth actually earn a college degree, which is very low compared to the regular population of young people. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I would like to spotlight beyond emancipation that's in Northern California. 
an organization that Music is Unity works with to provide resources. And they do some of the work that we're talking about in terms of like supporting and guiding the youth that are coming out of foster care. I remember a couple years ago going up to, I think it's Oakland, where they have a house where some of the young ladies that have children are there and they have their room and board. They have like a play area in the back and they even had like a garden where they're teaching the young ladies how to grow their own food to be self-sufficient in that way. So those are the type of things like when we talk about the issues that the foster youth are facing as they age out, there are organizations that are out there that we just have to like make sure that the kids know where to find these organizations. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. And if you don't mind giving a plug for Aging Out Institute, we do have a database. It's not exhaustive, but if you go to agingoutinstitute.org and look for the database link in the menu, you can do a search by state of programs that we've captured. And we have a lot. Nice. And hopefully that would, it could be a starting point. Great. Yeah. Definitely. And then of course, there's also going back to the issues that are faced, there's housing. What is it? About 25% of young people aging out of foster care will experience homelessness, which is a very high number. And then there's mental health challenges and physical health challenges, financial challenges, like you're saying before, employment challenges. I mean, there's so many challenges and it just seems like the foster care system, although there are states that have independent living programs, like right. they, they do provide some training and they might have extended foster care for these young people with some additional support. Unfortunately, a lot of young people, they're just ready to go, right? They don't want to stay in extended care. They just want to get out. They're tired of being told what to do. They're itching to get out on their own. And unfortunately, they often will struggle when they go out because of not necessarily having those supports that other young people have. Right. And so then the question is, what is it that the young people are not getting in the foster care system? I'm thinking of the gaps, right? We know that there are all of these issues and problems and challenges that these young people face after they leave, but thinking about when they're in the foster care system, where are the gaps? What are they not getting that I know some nonprofits like yourselves are trying to fill? What are those gaps that the foster care system seems to be missing? I would start with the connection to their siblings. When If you're placed in a different group home or to no fault of your own, not only are you disconnected from your parents, but your siblings. And like, again, we need that support from our loved ones. And Elevating Connections in Denver, Colorado, ran by Stacy. They serve in this gap. They're doing a fabulous job where I think it's twice a year. They're trying to get it to four times a year where they do weekly camps, where they just connect the kids back to each other and they get to go out in the mountains of Denver, Colorado and just spend time with each other and do activities together and just really continue with bonding Just because you're not in the same place physically doesn't mean that you can't bond with each other. And so I think that that is one of the gaps that there are organizations out there like Elevating Connections filling. And I'm hoping that there's more like that. I think that like the gaps is like about, you know, where are the extras like in the finances? Like you may be in the foster foster care and you get like the necessities, but the extras like if you want to take piano lessons or if you want to be on the football team or if you want to go on a field trip because you're in drama class at your school, 
who's going to give you the finances to do those things. So a lot of times they're alienated from the extras. And so- Yeah, and I just want to jump in too with that because that kind of tees it up perfectly that the Felix organization has a program called Beyond Camp where we kind of realized that our campers tried out so many new things when they came to camp, whether it's photography or dance or art or a sport. And we wanted to give them the opportunity to continue those skills. And that's why we called it Beyond Camp. But since that time, we've opened it up. So any child in the foster care system across the country can apply to the Felix organization. It's a very quick, easy application to have us pay for exactly what Trinity mentioned, things like after school enrichments, those things that are considered extra, but they're not really extra. They're the things that make a childhood great. And so giving them the opportunity to do that. And I think you're exactly right that a lot of the kids in the foster care system get the basics, their basic needs met, but there's a huge gap in terms of all of those things that make a childhood special. And in New York State, there's language that says that the foster care system has to provide normative experiences, you know, those experiences that make their childhood similar to other children. But there's no budget for that. There's no funding for that. Yeah, right. Which is where the nonprofit world comes in and organizations like all of ours to fill those gaps. And the Felix organization definitely focuses on enrichment and support around all of those experiences that make a childhood great, whether it's day camp, overnight camp, after school activities, all of those opportunities. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I wanted to piggyback off of you, Amanda and Trinity. Also, that's one of the things that our One Voice program does. Any kid from across the country can call and if they or email us and let us know that they're interested in, for example, let somebody mention piano or guitar or whatever and we connect them in their area to an organization or agency or a person even that will help and assist them to meet their needs. So that's one of the things that one of our programs do as well through our one voice. Oh, I'm so glad that we're having this discussion because although we join forces for the level up, it's just a great way to like learn more about Felix organization and the Purple Heart. So thanks, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. I don't want the listeners to walk away feeling like no foster youth have these extra experiences because there are certainly, let's say foster parents, it would be really up to the foster parents to spend the money to provide the transportation to these things. And some do. So I want to give some foster parents the credit for providing those enrichment opportunities. But the foster care system itself, like you're saying, even though they might want it to be happening, if there's no budget or accountability, then a lot of young people fall through the cracks. That's right. Yeah. And one other thing I just wanted to mention is to really highlight the work that Aging Out Institute is doing, because I also think one of the major problems is that the average person in this country, unless they're personally connected in some way to a child in the foster care system, doesn't really know that this is happening. They don't really know that there are kids that are aging out. And like you said, Lynn, they're in college. They overcame so many obstacles. They got into college, but they're sleeping in their car. You know, And I don't think that's something that's on the average American's mind. And so the work that you're doing to spread awareness through this podcast and through the community that you're building, I think is really, really critical and important because I think more people need to understand what's going on. 
Well, I appreciate that. And that's part of our goal, of course, is to spread that awareness and to connect organizations because I don't think we're going to be as successful in a vacuum as we are working together. Exactly. For sure. So that's what the AOI community, which is a new online community for organizations and individuals, social workers, teachers, psychologists, it's open to anybody who supports these young people who want to come in and have these conversations and share resources. That's what it's for. So hopefully through this effort, we'll be able to improve the outcomes of young people just through the sharing of best practices and people applying what they're hearing in their own organizations. I think there's a lot of potential. Agreed. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Thank you for that. <laughs> so we know that there are issues young people are facing, and we, of course, recognize the gaps. Part of the problem, like I said, is the lack of funding that was brought up before and accountability, right? Foster parents are being held accountable for having a roof over the young person's head, food on the table, and physical safety as well. That's what they're primarily held accountable to. And they're really not held accountable to helping the young people prepare for life after foster care. Is that even feasible? Is it feasible for the foster care system in the States to expect that of foster parents? Yes. I'm sorry. I jumped right (laughs) in there. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So I've been on all sides of foster care. You know this already. So working and being in the system and then working in the system and then having my own organization. And it's simple. To me, it's simple, but it's not because we are, you know, not getting into politics. We know it's politics behind it. But the biggest thing is if you are, if foster parents, hence the word parent, has to be made more accountable for making sure that if a kid is going to age out of their home, that they are prepared and ready as if they were their own children. And I think too often we, it's tailed, it's, push back as if, oh, it's not their responsibility, but you took on the role as a parent. And so therefore, I think you should be able to do that. Now, I know there's a lot of red tape in between getting them to do it, but the bottom line is you're supposed to. And I feel like, this is just me being my opinion, that you are getting a stipend to not only take care of the child, but also to be able to give the child some of those experiences. So I feel like whether you're taking it as a job, becoming a parent as a job, or you're becoming a parent as the word parent, forever parent, you've got a parent. Because, I mean, we're not going to send our own kids out there, just out there not having the knowledge and what they need to do and not having those experiences. So I do feel that agencies, county agencies and state agencies should make the foster parents be a little bit more accountable in that area. That's just me. That's my opinion. Yeah. I think it's an interesting challenge because, first of all, if you think about how in the world would this be done, would the foster care system provide a list of experiences, practice, right? That was the word that was used before. Like, we want these young people to have the extracurricular experience that other kids have in school. That doesn't mean this child must take guitar lessons, but they must have the opportunity to have some kind of extracurricular activities in school. Or this young person really should, you know, try their hand at a part-time job right? Because a lot of young people in high school do. They take on a part-time job and they learn about being an employee and getting to work on time and all of that. Maybe that's on the list. So I'm thinking there, there would have to be some kind of standard list of experiences or practice, like driving a car, right? Is that on the list? 
So that's the kind of thing that would have to be a lot of thought, I think, would have to go into what is expected of foster parents or in the case of group homes, the people who run the group homes. Yeah. Right. I think that, yeah, like Natasha's saying, it should be something that is required, just like when you go to school and you have to take an elective. You may not have to take Spanish for three years, but you definitely have to take it for one, (laughs) you know? So I think like even with that, if you are a foster parent, I do think that there may be a list of things they can choose from, but I feel like they should, they should have to do something on that list just to, to see if it engages them. And if not, then go to the next thing. But those are the things that we just as human beings do, we explore to see if something resonates with our spirits, you know? Yes. Right? Yes. Right, exactly. I think that, (laughs) I mean, it's a big ship to turn, right? Yeah. (laughs) The foster care system. So I think it would be something that would require a lot of advocacy to maybe get a state to pilot that, right? Let's just get one state, (laughs) you know, (laughs) which states are ahead of California, Michigan. There are certain states that seem to be a little bit ahead have them pilot this idea of expectations of foster parents and group homes of certain transitional age youth experiences, the types of things that you would get normally. So maybe that's the way to go is to advocate for one state to apply it and pilot it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good idea. See how it goes. Well, given that we can't solve this today, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's dive into your conference, the Level Up Conference. And How is it that the conference is attempting to try to fill these gaps with the population that you have opened up this conference to and through the speakers that you're providing? Help us understand how you're trying to address these gaps. And maybe I'd throw that to Amanda or whoever. Yeah, I can jump in. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Amanda. Okay. (laughs) I was just going to say... There's a couple different ways that Level Up is trying to help fill these gaps and prepare the young people who actually who are about to age out, and we even include all the way up to age 24. So it can be young people who have recently aged out. And so we have different topic areas like future planning, which covers career and education. We have self-care and health and a section on relationships, positive relationships. That doesn't only mean like romantic relationships. It means relationships with others in your life. And so we've divided all of our presentations and our speakers into those headings. And so the idea is really that they get the opportunity to hear from professionals, the vast majority of whom are former foster youth themselves. We really focus on having our presenters come from the community and speak about the different challenges that they have faced and provide hands-on skills for the young people that they can use in their life right now. And I feel like that's one part of it. And the other part of it is building this community. And so the Level Up Conference is just that. It's a place where we all get together and these young people are connected to adults who've been there, who've been through it and come out the other side And we always ask each of our presenters if it's okay for them to, for us to share their contact information with the attendees. And so far, nobody has said no. Every single presenter has said, absolutely, I want to make myself available. And so it's building a community and a support system for these young people if they 
have nowhere to turn that they know, you know what, I really connected with Latasha and I know she can help me. I'm going to reach out to her. And so I think, you know what, we all hear that the biggest predictor of a child's success is having at least one adult who is pushing for them and or who cares about them. And so we want to be that community of adults that are there and have these kids' backs. Right. Yes. We want to inspire them. We want to inspire the youth to like create their vision for like a healthier, wholesome, successful life. And with bringing different aspects of the different topics, the different speakers that have similar backgrounds in foster care so that they can relate to it is our way of doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, just bringing them together, bringing, in my opinion, bringing foster kids together to meet one another and just knowing that they're not alone. It just builds a camaraderie while they're at the conference. So I really think that that is something that is special as well. And this is an online conference, completely online? Yes, yes, it's virtual. We do have hopes, dreams, and aspirations of making this an (laughs) in-person conference, particularly as we sort of transition out of the pandemic times and people wanting to have that face-to-face connection again. I think we are all very, very much focused on figuring out ways that we can make this an in-person event while still being able to welcome young people from all across the country and not limiting it to one specific area. So yes, we are working toward that end goal for sure. Okay. And when does the conference start? So it's Saturday, December 10th. Okay. And I think it's at 1 p.m. Eastern time. 1 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Mm -hmm, 1 p.m. And it's a three-hour conference. We have... Like we mentioned, great speakers. I'll tell you a little bit about some of them, but we also have prizes. We do a raffle for those who stick with the conference till the bitter end. We're giving away some Beats headphones, some Chromebooks, and some gift cards this year. So lots of fun prizes. And building off of last year's event, we have all new speakers. So if you came last year, you can join again this year and have a different experience And yeah, like everybody said, we just, we want this to be really inspirational and fun for the young people as well. Yeah. That's fantastic. And so while we're just talking about the logistics of the conference, how do young people sign up and can adults join as well? It's mainly for the foster youth to be able to, I mean, I don't think we're turning it back adults. And if Amanda or Latasha want to jump in and correct me, then fine. But (laughs) I think it's geared and targeted for foster youth so that they can have a space. Yeah. What was the other question? Well, how do they sign up? Eventbrite. Okay. I'm trying to get to my information, but I'm slow with that right now. We'll provide the link so that hopefully you can share that out, Lynn, and they can go to Eventbrite. It's Level Up Con 22 and sign up. It's completely free to sign up and we do still have spots. So we really hope that if you're between 14 and 24 and currently in the foster care system or formerly in the foster care system, please join us. The more, the merrier. We want this to be really dynamic and we want this community to grow. So if that's you, please sign up. We want you there and it's going to be a great event. Yes. 
and it will be. All right. Well, let me ask this. You held this last year. Was that the first one? Yes. Yes, it was. And so what would you say were the biggest positive impacts from last year's conference? Oh, I have a memory I can share that was just amazing. We did a panel of former foster youth kind of do's and don'ts of aging out. And during that panel discussion, one of the participants raised her hand and spoke up and she said, I'm a young teen mother and I'm just finding this so overwhelming to be able to stand on my own and do what I want to do, do what's best for me and for my child on the way. And I just really don't know where to go. And one of the panel participants, speakers, spoke up and just said, let's connect after this. I was in the exact same position that you were in, and we're going to work this out. And so it was just that moment of knowing like, wow, this connection was made where the question, it wasn't even a specific question. It was really a comment of like, I just really don't know where to turn next. And then for someone to jump right in and say, I'm here for you. Let's talk this through. You got this. That was a highlight for me moment. (laughs) And I would think going back to your, I apologize, I'm not sure who said this, but the biggest factor that indicates success transitioning to adulthood is a relationship with a positive, supportive adult. And so I think, I would think that one of the biggest takeaways from a conference like this could be those connections that you're making and among the youth themselves too, but particularly with the adults, I could absolutely see that as being a huge benefit. Yeah, I agree. I think that the connection is the biggest thing and that's why we're excited and looking forward to taking this in person because there's only so much connection you can do over the screen. However, we're doing it. But it would be, I think, a lot more connections once we're able to be in the room in the same room. Yes. Absolutely. That makes sense. Well, let's talk about the speakers. I'd like to hear a little bit about your speakers before we close up the conversation. So who would like to share about that? Amanda? I can jump in. And then if any of you want to jump in as well, there's just, we have so many great speakers. I think around 20 But I'll just highlight a few who I'm really excited to mention. One is our host for the event, Candy Marie. She's a former foster youth. She's currently a TV producer and chief creative officer of her own media company. She's worked with greats like Oprah, Mark Wahlberg, Steve Harvey, and others. And she's just so inspirational, everything that she has overcome in her life and the spirit that she has. She's an actor and just, I'm so excited that she's going to be the host (laughs) this year. And then a few others, we have Christopher Baker Scott, who's executive director and founder of Sun Scholars Inc., which supports youth who've experienced foster care and adoption or transfers of guardianship within the state of Connecticut. And he is a former foster youth. He launched this nonprofit several years ago, and he was recognized as one of Connecticut Magazine's 40 Under 40 in 2022. I'm excited to have Chris because so many young people in the foster care system that I interact with want to give back and have such a powerful urge to give back. And it's one of the most amazing things about young people in general, but particularly young people in the foster care system, there's such a strong drive to give back and help others. 
And so he's somebody who's really embodied that. And then we have Rumbi Petrozello, who's the senior director of consulting at Saramount. She's the past president of, she's a CPA, certified public accountant. And she's also the past president of the New York State Society of CPAs and the first woman of color elected to serve in that role in the organization's 125-year history. So she brings that real financial knowledge and expertise, which is such an important part of managing finances and how to do that effectively when you're on a budget. And then the last one I'll highlight is we have Dreon, who's a singer, songwriter, musician, producer, and performing artist. His original song, I Am Life, was featured in the film Foster Boy, produced by Shaquille O'Neal, which shed light on the struggles and challenges foster youth face every day. And he himself is a former foster youth and just an electrifying performer. So he's another one that I think is going to be really exciting to have as part of our second annual Level Up conference. Wow. Someone who that's joining us, she's a personal friend of mine. She doesn't have like any history with foster care, but her name is Francesca Hoagie. She speaks, writes, and coaches people about dating, relationships, and self-love. She's internationally recognized, and she's one award-winning love expert. And she's been featured on the Today Show, Marie Claire, the Huffington Post. And she has a podcast called Dear Franny, where she gives her tips. She's also been on the digital romance for Forbes magazine. So it'll be interesting to see what she can share with the youth in terms of making sure they have successful and healthy relationships. Wonderful. Wow. And so I wanted to ask real quick, you said this is a three-hour conference? Yes. Yes. And you have 20 speakers? (laughs) (laughs) So how does that work? Do you break young people up into different like breakout rooms? Correct. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I see. So there's a choice. You do have options as to which workshop you want to attend. And of course, we record everything. So if there's something that you missed that you had really wanted to check out, we send out the full recording of the conference afterwards. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, Yeah, that's great. Fantastic. Well, I see that we're at the end of our time here, but I wanted to provide some space for each of you if you had any final words or things that you wanted to share about anything that we've discussed today or even anything that we haven't discussed, but you want to get it out there. Let me go ahead and give you that time. So, Latasha, why don't I start with you? Any final words of wisdom? (laughs) Yes, I would just encourage each and every one of you to, if you want to become a foster parent, or adopt, or even just be a mentor of a foster youth, especially someone that's in the ages of aging out of foster care. Definitely, if you have foster youth or know anybody, definitely register for the Level Up Conference. It's a great conference. It's where Amanda's going to send you guys the link so you can log on, and and we would love to see you there. That's my words of wisdom right now. (laughs) It's a great conference. Become a mentor. Just get involved in a youth's life in foster care. Help to change their life. Oh, wonderful. Trinity, how about you? Would you? Any final words of wisdom? Maybe not words of wisdom, but I would like to just <laughs> say how grateful and appreciative that we are to you, Lynn, and the Aging Out Institute for creating this platform, giving this information out, not just for us, but just for a number of organizations that you help and the platform that you now have up just as a resource for all of us to come together to learn more and to see how we can be supportive of 
each and every organization, how we can work together. So I really appreciate that. And thank you for this. Oh, thank you. And you're welcome. I'm really glad that we're here to provide that ability to connect. So we appreciate that. And Amanda. Well, I just want to say that I'm inspired by all of you on this call today, and I'm really grateful to be connected with all of you and so many other kindred organizations that are doing similar work. And the moments that I feel the most inspired and hopeful for the future and for our kids and our community is when I'm connected with people like you all, and as well as the speakers that are going to be coming and and joining Level Up. It's really hopeful. And I think we all need to feel that feeling of hopefulness and positivity toward the future. And so, yeah, again, (laughs) sign up for Level Up and hope to see you on December 10th. 1 p.m. Eastern Time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I encourage everybody to as well. I will just finish. You mentioned hope. I just came across a a research report that was put out by one of the CASA organizations. They had partnered with a university. And there certainly is uh, research out there that shows that hope and optimism is directly correlated to success, as one might imagine. So I think anything like this event that can help build hope in young people and adults as well, but particularly young people, is definitely worth the time to highlight and to share. And hopefully this podcast will get some more participants there to your event. And I'm really looking forward to hearing about it afterward and how it went. But thank you all very much for participating today. And we'll make sure that we put the link to the event right for your program, for your conference on the podcast section of our website when we post it. And to your organizations, we'll put links there for your organizations as well. But at any rate, thank you very much. I really appreciate the time. Thank Thank you you. so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And for those who have listened to the end, thank you very much. We put out a podcast every couple of weeks or so, and we appreciate you taking the time to listen. So until next time, thank you. Thank you.